This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Welcome to the things that matter. My name is Maritza. I'm a native New Englander, now living in the South, managing the business world while keeping my own mental health in check. I've always had a fascination for the brain and behavior and anything neuroscience related. The world can feel overwhelming at times, especially if you don't understand yourself. I thought I did for years before being diagnosed with anxiety and depression. I'm here to show you that you are not alone. I wanna inspire you as a listener to be that empowered individual that you know lives deep down in your heart. But I will be the first one to let you know you cannot get there without working on yourself. It starts right here, right now. You can make a difference in someone's life, no matter how small it seems. We need community, we need collaboration, we need people. Welcome to another episode. I have our guest here today, Daquan Starnes. Welcome, Daquan. Oh, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. You're, it's great to have you here. Daquan and I met at a Mental Health America event. Absolutely. Um, so I usually like to tell people just how we met, and then we'll get started right away with your story. So, uh, Daquan, do you want to tell us a little bit um, about what brought you here today? <laughs> uh, what brought me here is you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, um, what brought you to the space you're, we're in together? So. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so um, what brought me here today, um, I met this sweet young lady at a Mental Health America event that they... Um, Invited me to, uh, I like to say my claim to fame uh, is I wrote a record titled You're Enough where I was making or bringing awareness to mental health. And Mm -hmm. the song is very simple. It just talks about my story and uh, my walk with depression and how I overcame. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't have any mental diagnoses or anything. It was just more of depressing moments in my life and, and moments of anxiety that Again, back in the day, I didn't know, understand what that was. Mm-hmm. But um, as I got older and, and, and started to get knowledge of what mental health really was, mm-hmm. that was, is what led me to um, creating a record as such. And because of that success of the record, I started getting invited from all these mental health professionals, including mm-hmm. Mental Health America. And that's how I ran into you. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I definitely want to hear that point when you made the video. But we'll start okay. with the very beginning. Okay. So let's go to back to your childhood or however far you oh. want to go back. You got, uh, you got tell, some Kleenex or napkins <laughs> I can have. <laughs> tell us about yourself from the beginning. <laughs> uh, I was, a, I like to say, a very happy child. I was... Um, really silly and just I don't know I, I, w- I was always like into like making people laugh and mm-hmm. just I was just that kid I was always that kid and I had a pretty cool childhood and then somewhere along the way I started to go through um a phase of bullying and um I don't know I don't know if it was because I was smaller than a lot of mm-hmm. the bigger bigger you know bigger built kids or I don't know. Um, I started kind of going through that phase a little bit. And then um, something inside of me just said fight back. Mm -hmm. How old were you when this was all happening? Elementary. I would say somewhere around the grounds of eight, maybe to 10. Uh Um, And so I just started to develop a a, a fight back mentality and just started to, you joke on me, then I'm going to joke back. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't get joked on by wearing... Like, you know, ugly, ugly clothing or anything like that, because, you know, I, my family, they weren't rich, but they the way that we grew up, it was just a village of women sticking together. Mm-hmm. It was like my mom, grandma, all the aunties, like they just Cowl. stuck together. You <laughs> yes, know what I mean? I love that. And I didn't realize that they were hardworking custodians, mm-hmm. you know, that just stuck together. They, they all they ever known was like housekeeping type of employment. Yeah. And now. What's wild about it is they brought us together as all of me and my first cousins. They had us so close as in the village to where we thought you would have thought we was brothers and sisters. And a lot of people thought that Mm -hmm. because of how we stuck together so close. And we're still like that today. It's it's insane. Like we still go out to places like Top Golf and you name it. We're together always. And so with that being said, my childhood was pretty cool overall. Like we did a lot of fun things together. but then, like I said, I went through that little dark phase of being teased, and it, I was more so teased because when I was younger, I had what they called a lazy eye. Okay. And so I went through a period where I was ashamed of having that mm-hmm. because I was trying to figure out why did I look, why I was 
the way that I look different from everybody else. Yeah. And, you know, a kid or two would, would tease me or say something about it. And then I ended up going through surgery and getting eye surgery done and things changed. My eye, I, I got my eye lifted and mm-hmm. it was just I went through a whole period of that. And so for the most part, I was OK. But then I started to develop uh, seeking attention out of people. Like I started Everyone. to seek validation because it's like if you're picking on me, then mm-hmm. you don't get to see I just want to be a friend. Yeah. You know, you know, all these little things. And then over time, I just figured out I would be looking at things people do. And what I looked at, whatever was cool. And mm-hmm. back then, it was dancing. Okay. So I would look at that. And I'm like, oh, I can. So I would watch these videos. And I was always drawn into entertainment. I don't know why. <laughs> so <laughs> I was, this is pre-TikTok and right, everything. Right. Pre-TikTok and all this, this stuff. This is not wow, available. Social crazy. media was not available at this time. At all. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I would watch Michael Jackson and uh-huh. watch uh, Usher. And, and I just, you know, copy the moves. And, you know, and I would, like, learn uh, this, 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 this thing called the Harlem Shake that came uh-huh. out. And I, I would watch. It was Diddy. I watched Diddy's videos. And I learned how to do the Harlem Shake. Then I'd go to the school dances. And I'd bust out and mm. do these dances. That got me popular. Okay. So now I use that as a defense mechanism mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, to where that you couldn't see me, the kid that y'all picked on. Yeah. I started to develop that, and that that made me gain a lot of popularity. Okay. And because of that, I kept going. I kept doing that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you get lost in that talent yeah. as an, as your identity now. So you still don't get to see who I really am mm-hmm. because. I've trapped myself in this talent. Yeah. Which became my identity. Because that made you popular. It made me popular. Mm-hmm. It made me fit in. Mm-hmm. And no, they no longer could see the kid. Then I started to get girls. And then, you know, ah, you know when yeah. that happens. <laughs> <laughs> that, when that shift, when that, oh, when that gift comes, oh, Jesus, when that, when it switched gears like that, yeah. you get the gift of women, boy. And then you, now I'm really off. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, this is what they like. So then I started to rhyme I started to like I started watching them freestyle battle guys okay. were rap battling mm-hmm. I'm looking and watching and watching and up until the point of me seeing T.I. the rapper uh-huh. I thought I couldn't rap because everybody before him was like loud like DMX was loud mm-hmm. and Mystical was loud and Ludacris is loud and mm-hmm. Biggie and Pop <laughs> you know they, they had everybody had this aggr- these aggressive voices when I heard T.I. it was the first person that I heard that was just laid back and he had this song called be easy that was Uh the name of the song Uh so i would listen to the song and i'm like i think i could do that Uh so i used to rewrite his rhymes okay and rhyme it word for word but just say different sentences Mm. like and i practiced that and practiced then i get to school around the girls and the guys that's freestyling and i get in the crowd and i'd battle somebody and just use everything that i just picked up and i would do that and do that and do that and they started screaming. And I, uh-huh. at the time, I could only think of two lines to say. <laughs> so I do this, I do that. And over time, that developed a skill for me. So now there's two talents that I'm being mm-hmm. recognized for. So now I'm popular for dancing and, oh, he can rhyme, he can rhyme. Okay. So somewhere along the way, my uh, Uncle Joe, mm-hmm. who's like a father to me, he met my aunt. My aunt and um, who, uh, her name's Anithia. He, he met her. And um, he was an athlete. Okay. And he was just like, boy, you too tall to be doing this and doing that. You need to play basketball. <laughs> so then he started to train me at a school called East Elementary. That's the school elementary that I went to. Uh-huh. And he started to train me and my younger cousin, uh, cousin Leah, which is my aunt's, my aunt's daughter. And he taught us the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. I started off, I sucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> I it was just like the first few years, I, I really sucked. Yeah. How old were you when you started? Do you remember? At this point... It's probably, jeez. Uh, or was it high school, middle school? Mm-mm, it was in elementary. Oh, it was elementary school. So, okay, so, so. so it's, it's, it's ironic that all of this stuff was happening when you were really, really when young. I was really young. Yeah. You know, now obviously some of this segued into middle school mm-hmm. as well, but uh, I don't know. I, I think I, I might have started playing at like five or six. Mm-hmm. I think like because I think it was like five and six, or it was it was either. Six and seven, and it was eight and nine. Like, that's the way the leagues went. Yeah. So I think I was around six when I first started playing. So anyway, picked up basketball, sucked at it. My Uncle Joe's training me, training me, training me. By this time, I'm in middle school. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, I started to use some of my (laughs) entertainment antics in the game. So I'd score two points and turn around and do some dance. (laughs) 
everybody screams, they go crazy. So yeah. I ended up selling games out because people just want to see the cr- the clown kid <laughs> just cut up. So <laughs> I'm doing all of that, and then I remember I, I skipped something. I remember in I remember in fifth grade where I, I was getting so hot at doing this that they had like a Black History program, and I played Michael Jackson. Okay. So I closed the program and did the Michael Jackson, and this. <laughs> Had me so famous in school that little kids in like the first, second grade asking me for autographs. Oh, wow. Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. You started early. Yeah, so it was like, but again, me, I'm telling you all that to, uh-huh. to lead you to saying I was getting lost in these talents. Yeah. And I thought my talent was my identity. Mm-hmm. Never knowing who I was. Yeah. Who was Daquan Sons? Oh, he's the son of a single mom. Mm-hmm. Raised, uh, he's the oldest of four brothers. He's the grandson of the, you know, that, you know, yeah. I, I never, nobody, I never really could express who I really was because I was so lost in these talents. Mm-hmm. And for years, I thought that that's who I was, but that led me to depression. Okay. Because imagine going through your whole life wrapped in these talents, all through mm-hmm. middle school, all through high school. I remember getting cut from the team in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Now I played all. I played all up until this point. Got to eighth grade. Got cut from the team. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, I, like I said, I'm I'm hot for basketball now. Yeah. But again, then the school dance come. I'm hot for the dancing. When the rap battles come, I'm hot for the rapping. Like it was just. <laughs> I had all these things that I could do, uh-huh. and I was, and they even had me as like, what is it, most talented or something oh, in the nice. freaking yearbook, or yeah, you know how yeah, they yeah. have the, the categories, su- best dress, relatives, yeah, yeah, you know. So <laughs> I, they had me in the, in there for that, like, and now I'm in high school. I ended up, oh, let me slow down. I ended up being the, I dunked the basketball in middle school, like eighth grade. Okay. That was something else that drew attention to me. So mm-hmm. by that time, by the time I get to freshman in high school, I was already known for, oh, that's the kid that dunks. Yeah. You know, newspaper-wise. And then get to high school, freshman year, I ended up becoming the first freshman to dunk in a game at my school okay. um, at Puerto Ridge High as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And it was in a varsity game. And once again, newspapers and all of this hype and media. Yeah. So still lost in the talents, mm-hmm. still lost. Wait, now, you said you got caught from the team at one point? Or? Mm-hmm, in okay. eighth grade. Oh, gotcha. And, and then, then I got back on the you team. You got back on it, okay. In okay. freshman year. Now, the reason they found out I could dunk mm-hmm. so late in, in eighth grade, I'm, I'm going to go back since you brought that back, <laughs> is that I dunked a ball in like a field day. We was having field oh, day. Oh, it was just for fun. Yeah, yeah, it was a field day, and they did they did a, a dunk exhibition. It was like a dunk contest. Uh. So nobody could freaking dunk. <laughs> so they did this thing, and then that like my best friend at the time was Dwayne. He won the three point shootout. They did okay. like some kind of hot shot thing. Yeah. My other best friend Ladera Baker, who we call him Tay, he won the hundred yard dash. And then when they did the dunk contest, that was the closing uh, activity after okay. field day, and I won that. Do you remember were there prizes or was it just validation? You get like, like flag, like okay. you get like ribbons. It was okay, like okay. first place, second place, like that. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, again, I'm winning first place ribbons since mm-hmm. elementary. Like this yeah. is all I've been lost in. So it's like I'm, I'm. This is not me bragging on myself. I'm just telling you how I led to that dark depression. Yeah. Because I was so lost in all of that. So get to high school, like mm-hmm. I said, doing all this, get all this press, all the media, and. Get to my senior year, I was removed from the team mm-hmm. because of my academics. And really, the re- the reason that that happened is because all through school, I was I was so popular that I could get girls to just do my work. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would say, I'd give them, they do yeah. the work, and they, just before it's time to turn it in, they give me the work, I put my name on it and turn it in. Uh-huh. I don't know the, I didn't know that, <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't know the curriculum, yeah. I didn't know nothing. Because I, I was so popular, I could just give my work to females yeah. and they do it and give and I turn it in. Mm-hmm. And that caught me in yeah. my senior year because now it's time for SAT and ACT and all these things. I don't know a damn yeah. thing on it. Not you, one. You can't fake that. And I'm like, uh-oh. And then they telling me I got to have this to go play collegiate basketball. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, God, only way I can play college basketball is if I take this test. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Lord. So now I'm really stuck. So, I mean, and then I remember... They removed me from the team, and I ended up having to hire a tutor. His name was Keegan, mm-hmm. young guy. He was younger than me. Yeah. But his SAT scores were so freaking high 
Mm-hmm. Like he, t- he scored like high on the SAT as like a freshman or sophomore. He, mm-hmm. he scored so high. He had like the highest scores in the school and was like a freshman or sophomore. Yeah. We were seniors at the time. So he actually left and ended up going to early college or something. Like he was that smart of a yeah. kid. So they I hired, they, my parents let me hire him basically. And he I, asked, I just asked him, would he do it? Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah. So nice. he started, I had I obviously had to get approval from his parents. Yeah. They invited me to the house. I met them. Really nice people. And him and I started sending out to school every day. And he mm-hmm. tutored me just to take these tests so I could, <laughs> you know what I mean, graduate. Yeah. And I ended up getting to the graduation, just the glory <laughs> of the story. And I ended up getting a standing ovation. Oh, wow. And Was that for, do you think it was for the popular, what was it for? It was for because the whole the whole county recognized me for being the basketball star. Okay. And um, they gave me a standing ovation. Like they they paused the graduation, said, "Hold up, stop!" And the principal told a story that he was like, "This kid worked so hard to finish on time." He said he was staying late. He he first he went through a, a level of shame and embarrassment, but then he. <laughs> Put his head down, <laughs> and he got focused, and he started staying after school, and he just really started to execute and put real dedication and time into finishing the job mm-hmm. at hand. And he did that. He was like, so ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, oh, wow. please welcome. And then he did all of this noise, and the whole arena screamed, and I walked across the stage. I'm... You're I'm, probably loving it, right? Yeah, running back to the child, you know what I mean? That's the validation. Yeah, this is perfect. I'm jumping up and down, acting crazy, and then he's just like, he's smiling, and you know, and everybody, like I said, they give me a ovation. I see my family. Now I'm about to cry because I see them crying. Yeah. And then I go on down They're the stairs. Happy. And um, I just remember walking down the tunnel thing, and I remember thinking, what am I going to do with my life now? I couldn't even enjoy the moment because I was sitting there thinking, because that's what? a lot of pressure building up to that point. Right, right, right. Oh my! And what style. do you think? Uh, what do you think uh, drove you to get? Was it the basketball that drove you to to want to learn and to pass the SATs or or make a good score on the SATs or what? Do you I know? just wanted to graduate. You just wanted to graduate. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't want <laughs> to like, stay back. You you're know? like, I need I, to. Yeah, <laughs> I had already went through that before. You like I said, getting removed from the, the team in freaking eighth grade, mm-hmm. and then oh god, I, I skipped something. I even stayed back a grade in the fifth grade. Okay. I, I forgot I left that out. Oh wow. So I had already went through that one time. Okay. So, so you knew that was another point of depression because. I, even in fifth grade, once again, I finally get popular and do all these amazing things. Uh-huh. But then in the, in my fifth grade year, I ended up having to stay back a grade from failing the freaking EOG. Uh, I think it was a reading EOG. Okay. Passed all the rest of them and mm-hmm. failed that one. And that was one of the mandatory ones you needed. That was one of the core classes. Yeah. Uh, and so imagine that. Mm-hmm. So that shame and embarrassment came back to me again eighth grade. <laughs> Came back to me again senior year. Do you do you see the pattern? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, like it, the last year of each school level. You know yeah. what I mean? That fifth grade is the last year of elementary. It's like that pivotal point where you have to do something. And then it's like it, life forces me. Now I got to mm-hmm. buckle down and tighten up and, you know, but I was so lost in all the sauce. Yeah. All the, the clout. That's what they call it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so lost in all of that. And dang, it, you're making me really see it now because I'm like, <laughs> I just realized it happened in fifth grade, yeah. then again in eighth grade, and then again in senior year. I didn't yeah. even, whoa, you just yeah. made me have an epiphany today. <laughs> so wow. you get to that point, you're walking off stage. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. That's 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 wild. That's tough. <laughs> but that's what, <laughs> that's what you see going through back through memories and, and what you're thinking about. But um, yeah, so next point in your life, what was that? What was that next moment? After you walk off stage, after you graduate, mm, the next moment we mm-hmm. I, I go home mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just sitting. <laughs> and again, I'm sitting there thinking, "What am I gonna do with my life now?" Because NBA was my dream. I yeah. thought that's where I was gonna go to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And obviously, at that time, I'm not thinking that it still wasn't too late. Yeah, I'm just thinking, I ain't going to the NBA. Like, because if, if I didn't sign to some commit to some D1 college, I had all these D1 looks yeah. and all these people, you know, in, interested in me. Mm-hmm. Talked to so many coaches and and it's like I lost all of that. I'm thinking it's all gone, you know, because uh, again, people around me they were committing and these were these were the other quote unquote basketball stars that I knew. I'm like, damn, everybody's yeah. signing, committing, and I'm like just left behind mm-hmm. because I had to buckle down and tighten up. 
And I just remember, like, remember me really thinking, what am I going to do with my life? And so I started thinking, what should I do? And the only thing I could think to do was turn to my one of the other talents. Mm-hmm. NBA is over. Scratch that off. Well, I can rhyme. Yeah. Let's try that. So I go rhyming away. I start grabbing the cousins and people <laughs> around me, developed a whole little crew. Yeah. And I wanted to be like everybody I saw on the TV. And I was just like, okay, I can do this. Not knowing that it's called the music business. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just rapped and you just got famous and that and then the girls that come and everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It is all Well you had all this momentum when you were younger. Woo! So you saw that momentum oh, build yes. fast. Oh I was on fire thinking <laughs> that it was, this is what it is. And man, I get into that and I realize, uh oh, you need money for marketing and you need money for <laughs> promote just all these things and it's like, oh God, you gotta hire this person. You gotta need gotta pay producers, you gotta pay the studio people. I was like what in the world? Yeah. So, and then I just realized, okay, I better get a job. <laughs> so I ended up getting a job, mm-hmm. regular nine to five. Okay. And it's so crazy how I was working this job. And I now, maybe like four years has went by from 18. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking like, it's moving slow. It's like nothing's happening. Yeah. What is going on? It's like, I'm like, we, we're building the buzz. We're traveling. We're touring, mm-hmm. doing things. But it's like, where's the... Boom. I, I didn't have a, a moment. I was like, what is going on? So I'm like, okay. So you're working your job and this on the working side? Working job and this. Okay, okay. And I picked a job in the school system because mm. they were out a lot of the holidays and that the summers. Yeah. So I could travel and do music. <laughs> so I thought this is the best job I could get to do this. I just knew I went into this job thinking I'm going to have my dream by the end of this. Yeah. Oh, my God. Life started lifing. That's what they say now. <laughs> So at this point, I'm like, all right, well, uh, maybe turn to one of the other talents. And uh-huh. then, and I thought, wait a minute, let me see. All the way back to my childhood, I started thinking about how I always had the courage to walk up on people that looked like they was rich. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh. And it's a small story. I always think about how we was at a football game, and it was this guy known around the whole town for being this big-time hustler. I'll just say that <laughs> since we're clean on the podcast. And... He was walking in. He had all this Gucci, Louis, and all these things. He, he had all these brands on him and the girl he was with and mm-hmm. all these people with him. And I walked over there, and my friends were looking. They was like, oh, man, there you go. There you go. You know, you going to talk to him? I said, oh, I'm going to talk to him. No, man, don't talk to him. I said, I'm going to talk to him. I go over there, and I walked up. I asked him his, you know, I said his name to him. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me, and he's like, what's your name, young man? And I told him. And he said, and I said, your name, Fly Tie. He said, yep. That's my name. He said, listen, what made you walk up to me? I said, man, I just wanted to meet you. And he looked at me and he smiled. He said, you know what? You keep that same attitude mm-hmm. and you're going to go places in life. And I'm like, All right. <laughs> he gives me a $100 bill. Boom. I take off running. I go back to the friends. Now I'm cool for, yeah. <laughs> oh, he talked to Flat Top. <laughs> so he gives me the money and we go to the concession stand buying up everything. And I remember that kid in me. I remembered that. And I was like, uh, I wonder is it people around the city that I may know that's mm-hmm. supposed to be big in the industry that I might can connect with yeah. to see if they'll help me? Yeah. That's all it was for. So I started to think, 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 and lo and behold, a name came to me through a guy named Reggie. Reggie mm-hmm. called me, yeah, man, I'd love to sign you, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, you want to sign me? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm down. Go over there to his house, meet him. He's talking to me, and he was like, yeah, man, I'm going to connect you with George. I was like, George, George, who is George? <laughs> George. And then I remember back in middle school, we was in the barbershop one year. Uh-huh. It was in the barbershop. And one of my friends, Tay, him and I used to go to the barbershop every week getting the haircuts. And I remember a guy named Sammy was there and he was talking about George Hughes, George Hughes, George Hughes. And I was like, I wonder is that the same guy way yeah. back then that I heard? Why did my mind go back to that? Yeah, it's crazy. Your mind did. I was like, wait a minute. At this point, I'm a grown man. Yeah. I'm like 24, 25. <laughs> My mind went back to something in seventh grade. It's like, and I was like, I bet you that's the same man. I was like, who is this ghost figure that I keep hearing about, but I've never mm. seen this man's face? So I'm looking at Reggie. He's like, yeah. And he called George right then. Yeah, man, I got a guy. He's, you know, he's talented. Yeah. You know, you should check him out and blah, blah. And I'm listening to him. I said, what is his name? He said, George Hughes. He said, that's his name. I said, okay. And I'm still thinking, because now I'm trying to spell the name in my head. I'm mm-hmm. like, Hughes, Hughes. I was like, well, it got to be the only, way to, only one way to spell Hughes. I was like, I think. So I said, when I get by myself, I'm going to go on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Went on Facebook. I Googled, or I, I searched the man's name. Couldn't find him. Yeah. Days later, uh, he posted a photo at the 
Golden State Warriors game, sitting okay. courtside. Oh, I said, there you go. The reason I found him, because Reggie and I are friends on Facebook. He commented on the post. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> now he's at the top of my feet. I said, there you go. Yeah. I couldn't find him because his name on Facebook was G.K. Hughes. Yeah. That's why I couldn't find him. <laughs> I was like, oh, send him a request. He added me right then. I said, oh, Lord, he sent me a request. Oh, he, now I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, now what do you <laughs> and, do? Uh, I was like, all right, fly tie. I go back to that in my head. Uh-huh. Let me just write him. I reached out, hey, man, I don't know if you know who I am. I'm D. Starnes, the care Massey's son, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, okay. And he's like, uh, yeah, I think I remember you as a little boy. I was like, yeah. I said, man, I just, you know, I'd be honored to meet you. And my line is, I feel like I can learn a lot from you. Mm-hmm. That has always been my line. And I didn't realize that that is a great way to build a relationship with a billionaire or somebody, a millionaire yeah. or whomever. Because going to them, asking them for money or something, mm-hmm. they used to people asking them for stuff. But when you... Approach them like, I just want to be around you and learn from you. Yeah. Oh, they'll let you in your their space so fast. They're like, what? It, it just changes the game because then they see admiration. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this young man admires me. Yeah. You know, everybody admires Jay-Z. And, <laughs> you know, all, the, all these names, you know. But when you say you're just an executive, yeah. probably worth two or three million, nobody walks up to you and say that because it's about Jay-Z, the celebrity. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when I said that to him, he's like, okay, so I tell you what, I'll be in town tomorrow. He said, just come to an event. Where I am, and uh, and I'll come to the door and get you, uh, get you. And I mm-hmm. said, okay. Events in Charlotte. He sends me the address. I go to the event. I walk. I get to the door. He comes out and get me. And it's me, one of my NFL friends, who once again one of my athlete buddies that made it to the league. Oh yeah. So me, him. It, matter of fact, it was two of them. Both of them played <laughs> NFL. And one, I think one was NBA. Okay. It's just so crazy. See, see the my friends. Like, these are people that I played with, but yeah. I wasn't one of them. Yeah. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. We're there, and he comes to the door and gets us all. We go in, and it's cele- like, I'm thinking it's celebrities. Mm-hmm. I'm looking around, and it's like Ferraris and like these exotic cars. I'm like, what do these people, <laughs> even the women was pulling up. And I'm like, what do these people do? Yeah. First off, oh, they, they hustlers. That's probably <laughs> what it is. And he looked at me, and he's like, man, no. He said, no. She, she, she's a merchandise executive. What? He's a sales executive for Ryzen. Mm-hmm. That's a mental health uh, professional. He he owns like three mental health clinics. Mm-hmm. This guy is an NFL agent. This guy is an NBA agent. I'm like, what? What is that? And I'm and I'm looking crazy. And he's like, yeah. He's like, this guy's a, a, a corporate executive. Like he just tells me, like corporate executive. What, what is that? I'm like looking because I'm not even familiar with any of these titles mm-hmm. because I didn't go to college with my friends and learn about all these different job, you know, these career paths. Yeah. I didn't know. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, because the only thing I think you can be successful is an entertainer, an mm-hmm. athlete, or a freaking hustler. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> Mom would have killed me. So I was like, I had to. It's either the entertainment going to work out, NBA is over now. So, mm-hmm. okay, I'm thinking these are the only three ways to win as an African-American. I mm-hmm. really thought that. And I'm, at this point, I'm amazed at the party. And I'm like, I'm like about to cry. Yeah. And he's like, George, like, you okay? I said, no. All these successful Black people. Mm-hmm. I said, what? Like, I'm just trying to figure out what do these people do with their lives to get to this point? Mm-hmm. He said, oh, you're serious. I said, I'm dead serious. He yeah. said, tell you what, I'll mentor you. He said, and everywhere I go, I'm going to let you go so you can learn. He said, if you listen to me, you can be a millionaire by the time you're 30. Now, I'm past 30. I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> 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 Have you been listening to him the whole way? Absolutely. <laughs> well, I've been listening. Now, there's been some moments where I probably screwed up and we rebelled the other way because I thought, oh, you know what you're Fine, talking you're about. You're still on the right path. You know what you're talking about. I, I got this. And then, oh, wait a minute. You was right. I had a couple moments like that. <laughs> anyway. You're on the right path still. Yeah. So, fast forward. Uh-huh. I, now I'm thinking, I wonder is you know, something that I can do in my field that I left, which is sports. Yeah. I just wonder. Because mm-hmm. I met that NFL agent guy named Tori. I met the NBA guy named Johnny. Yeah. I'm looking at these guys. And, you know, he's, like I say, he's an NBA agent. So I'm mm-hmm. looking at these guys. I'm like, they look young like me. Yeah. But they, they probably, at the time, they probably was like six, seven years older than me. So they wasn't that far off. So they look really young. They look yeah. younger than George and some of the other guys in the room. These guys are in their late 40s, early 50s. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I probably can do that job. So I just started to ask questions. I asked them, hey, how do you get in this? And how do you get in that? I started asking mm-hmm. people questions. Go back to that same kid that talked to Fly Tie. Yeah. Same kid. 
I'm running up on the guys, introducing myself. Can I get your number, man? Mm-hmm. I'm asking them questions. I'm on their Facebooks. I'm on their Instagrams. I'm looking at everything they do, watching them. Yeah. And I'm like, I know I could do this. Where do you turn to stay in touch with the city around you? Broadcast news isn't what it used to be. And commercial radio doesn't scratch that itch. If only there was one place you could get it all. When you want. Wherever you want. On your schedule. There is. The Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city on your schedule. At queencitypodcastnetwork.com And everywhere you get your podcasts. Do you think the fact that you did it once gave you enough power to know that you could do it again? Like, do you think that that moment right there I changed so. your perspective for I believe life? So. The, the moment as a kid. The moment as a kid, yeah. Because I that, so. that kind of, it seems like you you wouldn't have known that it was possible otherwise. Right. I wouldn't have. Because that, that moment, having the courage to walk up when my friends were scared, mm-hmm. is what led me to walking up on millionaires now. I yeah. walk right up on... Uh, Jeff Bezos and any of them. I, I see any of them right now. I walk right up on talk yeah. to them. It's just, I don't know. I, view, I know they're rich, but I view them as they're just people. They are people, yeah. And I don't know. I didn't know that was a, a networking tool or a skill set. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so he took you under his wing. He took me under his wing. And he exposed me to so much like success and people in the business behind the scenes. Because mm-hmm. you don't, you know, you look at Jay-Z. That's it. Yeah. You don't think. How is that machine moving? Who's well, working for this man to make him certainly not run it by himself? Yeah. Who is these people that's pushing the Beyonce and Jay-Z machine? Mm-hmm. That's who you need to know. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, and he's one of these people. Yeah. So he takes me to other people like him. And uh-huh. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I could get rich doing this. I was like, okay. And then he knew that I understood marketing because yeah. I thought marketing was just promo. Mm-hmm. I thought I could take... Ritz's brand and mm-hmm. make it popular by telling Cam Newton, hey, you should post this yeah. about your brand. Or, man, I got some T-shirts made from her, from her new merch line. I need you to put this on, take a picture, and tag her in it. Yeah. I didn't know that was marketing. I thought that was just promo. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? there's so many different like, areas of marketing, yeah. I didn't but freaking know. You had to know. You know what <laughs> I mean? You don't know. Just like, you don't know. Like, oh, my God. I didn't know until I got around him and yeah. he exposed, he exposed me to this terminology. I was like marketing what's what's that and he, he's like oh man he, he's his laugh he would laugh he's like yeah. you really don't know i'm like yeah i, I don't know and Aww. then he probably loved that that side of you because you were so yeah you, you weren't exposed to all that so i was you, so green and yeah. just like just so uh, <laughs> but yeah oh. so you you saw the sports people there and you were right. like what can i do what can i do in sports and so i took it upon myself to go google mm-hmm. sports jobs jobs in sports <laughs> I was like, well, it's need, it need a, you need a master's and a bachelor's in law, these, these different degrees to get to be an agent. I was like, well, now these days you could just be an agent. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's, yeah. it's different now. But when, at the time when I looked at 25, yeah. it was you had to have these degree requirements. I'm like, oh, geez, well, I can't do that. I don't have any of that. So what else can I do? <laughs> so I'm like, uh-oh, you can be a recruiter or a scout. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a degree for that. Just experience in the sport. Well, I was a really good basketball player. I could probably do that. So I looked. And I said, well, what do you need to get these jobs? It mm-hmm. said something about resume and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what is a resume? I Googled that. <laughs> okay. I'm, I said, oh, how do you make a resume? So I had to Google that. Then I seen some resume templates. I downloaded them. The power of Google. <laughs> power of Google. That's my, that's my university. <laughs> Shout out to the listeners. So I, um, I immediately I started to use the templates, and I'm like, okay. Let me try. Let me try this out. So mm-hmm. I, I made me a resume template, and I looked. It's like, okay, you have to have the latest three employment history. You know, I'm like, okay, that's okay. Did that. Put a little headshot on it. I was like, how do I take a headshot? I take a headshot in front of a blank wall <laughs> and put a tie and jacket on. <laughs> I put all this on this resume, and I'm like, okay. We got to see that original resume yeah, sometime. I'll, oh, God. I'll, I'll send it to you. It's, it's amazing. It's so funny. <laughs> so I, I, I do this, and I'm like, okay. And I reached out to Jordan. I said, hey, man. It said something about I need references on my resume. He said, what, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to make a resume. And he's like, okay. He said, uh, and you want to use me as a reference? I said, yeah. I said, you and maybe Tori and maybe Troy. Mm-hmm. He said, okay. So I called them as well. They said, yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. So I, I used them on my resume. I started applying to jobs. Mm-hmm. I'm applying. I'm applying to all these sports jobs. I end up getting one. 
Mm. Somebody gave me a chance. They yeah. gave me a chance because as soon as they called me, they said, um, yeah, we recognize you got some pretty famous <laughs> NFL agents and got, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, man. So, you know, they started asking me the names and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, it's a good friend. And I was like, yeah, you do know he just recruited such and such and such. And such. They were just talking about the people that they had just recruited yeah. to the NFL and the NBA. And they're like, yeah, so these are your mentors. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, what university did you go to? I said, I didn't. Went to community college. <laughs> they was, yeah. They was like, huh? And I'm like, yeah, that's that's what I did. And they was just like, but you play basketball. I was like, yep. They was like, and we Googled you, and you, we found some pretty good stats. Like, you was a really good player, but you mm-hmm. you didn't go anywhere. I said, nah, man, long story. <laughs> I said, long story. And they're like, okay, we'll talk about it. I said, but tell you what, I want to give you a job. I was mm-hmm. like, okay. So fast forward, I get the job. Things are going well. Yeah. I'm like the most popular freaking basketball scout in North Carolina and South Carolina combined. I got so famous at recruiting these top athletes, and this mm-hmm. is how I was finding athletes. Because all of my ex-alumni friends had <laughs> AAU teams and training facilities, yeah. and they were coaches at varsity, you know, like high yeah. schools. They were coaches at college. Like, so I, my friends were the people that had the athletes, so I just go to their practices and evaluate and recruit the athletes. Yeah. It was so simple. It was your network. Yeah. Oh, I was killing them. <laughs> and see. you were still having fun. I mean, that's what you right. knew right. all your life. <laughs> and it was the best job I had. Yeah. Uh, to this day, it was, the, it was the most fun. I had all the perks. Oh, God, the NBA, NFL dads were giving me keys to the boats, the beach houses. <laughs> oh, it was so fun. I loved it. And it got to a point where I started to look at, like, is there something else I probably could do? Yeah. Well, I ended up meeting one of the dads who was a corporate, oh, was again, a corporate executive. Mm-hmm. I kind of just asked him, like, like what, what, what did you do? What is that? Yeah. And he told me. And I was like, recruiting, HR. I just wonder... If I could do the same thing mm-hmm. that I do in sports with recruiting, I'm still fishing for people. Yeah. I'm using the same skill sets, <laughs> but I just wonder if I could do the same thing. So I started to Google, once again, Google University. <laughs> Google, you, need, you know what? Google should probably cut you a check. <laughs> we need some sponsors. <laughs> Call us, Google. Um, anyway, we um, went on. I went into Google, and I started to research recruiting jobs in uh-huh. corporate. Boom. So many came up. Mm-hmm. I started applying to the jobs, forgetting to update my resume. I'm just applying to the jobs yeah. with the same freaking resume I used before. And I got declined like three times. They, I'd go through the phone screen, and then they'd hit me with an email, you didn't get a job. I'm like, what am I missing? Yeah. And I thought about it. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let me check my resume. <laughs> Let me look at the qualifications. Let me look at the resume. I'm like, oh, God, it's not matching up. Yeah. So I updated my resume mm-hmm. and started applying again. Somebody gave me a chance. And I got nice. the job. Mm-hmm. All I did was use my same skill sets. I didn't even know skill sets were transferable. I just yeah. tried it. Mm-hmm. I just transferred those same skill sets that I had and communicating with the with the people in charge of uh-huh. whatever I needed to get to. And I'm following up with the candidates the same way I would follow up with the athletes and their parents. And yeah. it was the same. I just, just transferable skills. Mm-hmm. And I do that and I end up becoming a very successful Talent acquisition, mm-hmm. HR guy yeah. in corporate America without a college degree, and that's my story. Oh, that's awesome! You know, but you had to you had to learn all that and go out of your comfort zone, right? Because you didn't know what you're doing at right. first at all. <laughs> I mean, and I started reading books, so that's, yeah. I did a lot of self work too, though. So because yeah. now I'm like, okay, I'm in, I'm in this field, but I don't really, I still don't really know what I'm doing. So I was just watching. So I took it apart. We'll go back to the kid again. Mm-hmm. Go back to tie, fly tie. Yeah. I started to look at the people in the company that's been here 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Hey, Maritza, um, I'm Daquan. I just started in the company. I've been here about a month. You mind if I you know, put a meeting on your calendar just to pick your brains and just get some information and learn a little bit about why you wanted to be at the company? I feel like mm-hmm. I, you know, why you stay here so long? I just want to know. I'm like, I feel like I can learn a lot yes. from you. And these corporate executives, okay. Yeah. I put a little 30-minute meeting on their calendars biweekly, something like that, maybe twice a month. Mm-hmm. And they would just talk to me, and I'm learning. They didn't realize I was taking the knowledge and applying it to myself. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, that's how you was finding these candidates. Oh, you partnered with community colleges, and you partnered with unemployment mm-hmm. offices. Oh, <laughs> that was the same thing I was doing with the athletes, partnering with the high schools. I was partnering with, like I said, AAU programs, mm-hmm. training facilities that trained athletes. Skills transferable. And you got it. Yeah, it makes sense. I said, oh, so I just partnered with the community colleges because these are people that's graduating. Mm-hmm. They need jobs. They need jobs. I was like, oh, it's a no-brainer. I got it. <laughs> and then, you know, I so again, but I learned that from the veterans. I was listening to them talk, these mm-hmm. people that have been in the corporate 
field so long and I'm like, okay. Started to apply mm-hmm. and I literally have enjoyed the journey of what I've learned. I've learned so much. That's I mean, amazing. I got so much knowledge. And these people would tell me about, oh, you should read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. You should read The Alchemist. And, you, you know, I, I would get these books. I'm like, what, what, like, so I get the book and I read it. And the only reason I read these books is because I want to go talk with them. Yeah, about it. <laughs> yes. Well, I've read both those books. So, right. <laughs> those are great I mean? ones. <laughs> so, oh, geez, I get these books and then I get on a meeting. So, hey, Mr. Such and Such, like, yeah, man, chapter three, what he was talking about. And just just yeah. so I can look cool in their eyes. Yeah. The build, it, building a Well, like, it's a, a connection dialogue. point. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a connection it's, point. And they're great books yeah. in, in general. Oh, but but now I'm oh geez. Like so I'm just reading these books and it was just for me to be look appealing to mm-hmm. the corporate executive that I'm trying to impress so he can keep giving me his time. Yeah. And uh lo and behold But and, you're doing the work, so they want to give back as well. Right. Which I think right. is important. Like and the fact that you genuinely did want to learn from them. You know, right. at, you know, at the end of the day, you right. wanted to get better. I wanted, to be, I wanted yeah. to be like them. Like yeah. these cars they're pulling up in and this nice house. I'm like, how do I get that? <laughs> okay, tell me how. And, you know, and, I, and I'm a sponge at that point. But mm-hmm. that's my story summed up in a nutshell. And uh, over, these, over time, you know, I, I started to gain a lot of friendships in corporate America because mm-hmm. I, I, was gaining, I was just getting so popular in that world. And then yeah. it's like, now you're respected as mm-hmm. a businessman because you're a corporate executive. Yeah. So it's different. So then I said, well, let me try to go back into some of my talents. So I jumped back into the me- And it literally was just for fun. Uh-huh. I made the record You're Enough for fun. But I wanted to talk <laughs> in the record about depression. And I was like, yeah. let me just make a song. Let me be transparent and tell- make a song about what I really went through. Mm-hmm. Let's try that. Because I feel like at this point I got some success. I had, you know, yeah. I became a corporate guy from this little small town that I was from. Nobody in my family had really done that. I was like, you know, let me let me let me tell my story in a in a two minute, three minute window. Uh-huh. Lo and behold, I do the song and it goes viral. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> what do I even do with this? So yeah. now I'm thinking like, well, is this, this may be another transferable skills moment. Mm-hmm. So the skills that I use to bring exposure to athletes or bring mm-hmm. uh, expo or let's just say make a candidate look great in a hiring, hiring team's eyes. Yeah. All those marketing points that I use. Mm-hmm. I said, let me try to do that with that record. Yeah. So one of my mentors, another another millionaire, she said, her name's Tiny. She said, um, well, we call her Tiny. Her name's Tashanda. But <laughs> she says to me. You should take that song and market it for mental health. What? I said, I'm not a therapist. I was like, oh, no, yeah. I'm not even a doctor. Like, yeah, I was yeah. like, I, She was like, you don't have to be. You don't need those mm-hmm. credentials. She said, just tell your story. Mm-hmm. She said, you said you was battling depression, right? And you overcame it and became a successful corporate guy. Yeah. I said, right, right. She looked at me. She said, and you don't think that's worthy to market it for mental health? She said, that's mental health. That is finest. <laughs> I said, Okay. She said, you were dealing with low self-esteem and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff, bullying. You, you dealt with it all. Mm-hmm. Seeking validation, which means that's an empty spot in you somewhere. Yeah. Why were you so depressed? Mm-hmm. Why did you go through those three pivotal moments, elementary, middle, and high, at the end of the job every time? At mm-hmm. the end of the, the, let's say, I don't even know what, what I would refer that to. Like, at the end of the journey, you, you had to <laughs> you had those, go like, through those tipping points where yeah, you had to do something, I had guess. had to do something. She's like, why Why were you in that space? Mm-hmm. Why were you handing your schoolwork to girls? Did you not believe you were smart? Yeah. It's like, whoa, okay, this, this is mental <laughs> health. I was like, you, you know, you're, you're right. So I started to market the song that way. Yeah. Media, newspapers, mm-hmm. news, the freaking news started coming. Oh, we love your song. We'd love to interview you. And I'm like... What me on the news? <laughs> and now I'm like I'm like kind of living like my dream a little bit. Yeah, because this is like what I was wanting to do. Mm-hmm. But I ended up just getting into corporate America and went that way for like six, seven years. So I wasn't even thinking about rhyming. I yeah. was making that to have fun. Yeah, and just to see if you know if you still got it. I just wanted to see. <laughs> so I do it, and man. I ended up realizing that this journey was more important than me. I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that that story was relatable to people. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God. So now community organizers are reaching out, and they're like, oh, we'd love to partner with you on these events. I'm like, uh-oh, what am I going to do with this yeah, thing? Yeah. It's like, yeah, just bring me. You can speak and do the song. And yeah, I'm like, oh, God. You're like, I got to learn new skill sets. Yeah, I'm like, how much does this cost? Like, I'm freaking out. And yeah. they're like, oh, we got sponsors, and we got, you know, this and that. And, oh, yeah, they're going to do this. They're going to bring this, and they'll sponsor the stage. And I'm like, 
Oh God, I don't even know. It was like, so are, uh, could you send us your five hundred one C paperwork? I was like, five hundred one C paperwork. What is that? <laughs> it's like I don't even know what that is. I said, do you mind telling me? And the yeah. lady Yolanda, mm-hmm. Yolanda Baker, she said, Oh, you met her. Oh yeah. Um, she said, You don't know what that is for real? Uh-huh. She said, But you're a corporate guy. I said, Yeah, but I don't deal with none of that. I yeah, said, Yeah, makes sense. She said. Well, it's called a nonprofit. I said, "Yeah." Oh, I said, I heard of a nonprofit organization. She said, "Yeah, but uh, it's five hundred one. That's what that means." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Now I'm going to Google again. Google University. I'm reading. <laughs> okay. She said, "You need a five hundred one. See, you need a, you need a nonprofit." Uh huh. She said, "What are you gonna call it?" I, I don't know. You just dropped the bomb on me. Mm-hmm. I named it after the song, nice. the "You're Enough Foundation." So I started the "You're Enough Foundation." where we just literally go around and mm-hmm. connect with the community organizers and we bring these events to these areas, mm-hmm. no matter how far you name, from here to California, we do yeah. these events and we invite therapists out on set. Mm-hmm. We partner with organizations like Mental Health America uh-huh. who come out and um, that, as a resource for the people. Mm-hmm. So it's a way for the community resources to connect with the people and get clientele, but it's also a way for the people to re- get help that they really need. Yeah. So we don't just have the therapists to come out for mental health. We mm-hmm. also have financial literacy programs mm-hmm. to come out. Banks come out yeah. to educate people on their finances because a lot of times their depression triggers back to they're just broke. Mm-hmm. or just not educated in how to manage money. Some people are just not financial literate at all. Yeah. They work, but they just don't know how to manage money and create budgets and, oh, this is the food budget for this week and this is the bills and this is the, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it goes back to what you said. If you've never seen it before, you never you have no idea you how to no do it or plan idea. for it. You just kind of make that all up sometimes. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times so. they just go to work and just, I mean, just living and just yeah. spending them. Like, you don't know better. no sense of financial literacy at all. And mm-hmm. so... We do these events, man, and and since then it's been incredible. I've enjoyed it. I also started another company called <laughs> Destined for Greatness Management. So now I think I'm on fire. It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh, I got nice. this now. <laughs> so I'm about to be an entrepreneur. Bye bye, corporate America. So still worth corporate America. By the way. I'm I'm working my way it to leaving. It all takes time, yeah. You know, but anyway, and I end up signing a guy named Jamil Massey, who's mm-hmm. like a big brother to me, like like a mentor as well. Um, um, then I end up signing the twins, uh, mm-hmm. next to is an RB group, 15 year old, 15 year old guys. They actually just turned 16. Okay. Um, and since then, man, I use that mental health mm-hmm. crutch as my leverage to get into the schools. Yeah. So it was a way for me to get into the schools, mm-hmm. but then bring exposure to the talents, their, the clients that I had signed yeah. to build their persona and build their brand and nice. and it's working because when you get that you get into schools and you got something like mental health and you bring awareness to something like teen suicide things like that yeah media comes mm-hmm. so it brings media to us mm-hmm. and then it brings it helps it helps get the right right, right. people in front of it helps get the right the people, people in front yeah. of it and then it yeah. also brings exposure to all the brands that's mm-hmm. tied to me so. nice but that's my story in a nutshell. Well, what do you do for yourself and your mental health? Oh, <laughs> I think that's the most important thing. You know what? When I'm out in the dating scene, females <laughs> ask me this. But <laughs> I really never have an answer. Um, I'm just now figuring out things that I like, like that mm-hmm. made me happy. Because I've been so focused, on, like, again, lost in all the talents. Yeah. And after I came out of that, if you look at becoming a corporate guy, that's also getting lost in the talent. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking you got to have something to be. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I just always had this I got to be somebody mentality. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just couldn't be just little old me. Yeah. I never could just be little old me with some probably basketball shorts and a T-shirt laying around eating ice cream. I never could just be him. I had to be something popular, something big to, yeah. feel, like, to feel like I was somebody. Yeah. I will. I think you that's, see? I think that's twofold because I feel like I have to be something bigger but I've always felt like I was destined to do more and to right. change people and inspire people so I don't, I, know. Where does I don't that know that come from do you know mm-hmm. you know I don't know but I think it's interesting that you're doing a combination of everything as a child that you like to do because I feel like everything I'm doing now wow. is almost like full circle because wow. I if I look back to what people thought I would be years from now, I mean, I got everything from a talk show host to wow. a designer to things that actually like are really true to me. And wow. I feel like over it takes time, but I feel like right. over time you kind of lean into you more. Right. It just takes years to do it. It takes years <laughs> to do it. Unfortunately. It, it, it kind of makes you think. I wonder what that. Well, you know what? Talking to my therapist. Oh, mm-hmm. oh let's go into that. <laughs> so I ended up taking therapy. <laughs> Didn't know I needed it. And the yeah. reason I took it is because I was dating a girl at the time. Uh-huh. 
And we were having conflict moments, like just verbal conflict mm-hmm. moments. And then she would just, you know, she would just, brought, she brought up therapy a couple of times and she bring up therapy and I'm like, eh, that's for crazy people. Like I I really thought yeah. that that's mean, that I thought that meant you're crazy. That's mm-hmm. what I've heard. How old up. were you when this happened? You oh, were this was just recent. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 30s now, I'm 33 now. This was probably when I was like... 31 maybe okay um, okay and you know i was just like ugh, ugh, that's ugh. you you crazy and long behold i said all right because mm-hmm. we ended up breaking up splitting up and then i was just like i'm gonna just try it i was yeah. only trying it so i could win her back so to speak i was like i'm just gonna do therapy because <laughs> it's gonna win her back and i'm like i go to therapy <laughs> And again, I'm around all these therapists all mm-hmm. the time because I got this song and I'm doing these events, but not once had I ever took therapy. They didn't even realize yeah. you up here being a mental health advocate, <laughs> but you hadn't even tried it yourself. So I thought I was great. I yeah. thought I was fine. And a lot of times we do. We think we're fine. Uh-huh. And not knowing behind all this noise and notoriety, I yeah. still have depressing points mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah. I, I go through a couple of days where I'm like, ugh, just like, and, and I... Again, I didn't know what coping mechanisms was at the time. I yeah. don't now. So now you do things that you like to do. Like I'll go sit by the lake, mm-hmm. or I'll, you know, I, I I love to eat brunch by the lake. It's something about that about being around water that just yeah. brings me a relaxing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, There's listen. a book on this that I'll recommend later. I forget offhand, but it's about okay. being by the water, and it's about like what the water does to our minds and our bodies. Yeah. So yeah, I will. (laughs) And I'll, uh, I'll link it somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, all right. I like that. Yeah. I I definitely need to read that, but yeah, that's something about that. I like going to the beach. Okay. Like sitting on the, I Mm -hmm. love, especially like six in the evening when the sun went down and Mm -hmm. I get some ice cream and just sit on the freaking (laughs) beach. I like listening to nineties R&B music and get a little wine. And I just, this is all you. These are all the things that make you, you things that make me and and like make, and I just love. And so my point to saying that is Mm -hmm. I was doing all these things and it's so funny how the therapist was like, wait a minute, you you, you hadn't even tried therapy, but you up here partnering with us. And I was like, nah, I don't need that. It's like, oh, no, you need it. Those, those yeah. are the people that need it the most. Yeah. And long and behold. You probably figured out a lot about yourself, didn't you? A lot. And my point of telling you that is this is how I figured out why people like you and me mm-hmm. desire success. And we're so destined. That you, why, why is that even that? Why do we want to be something so big? Why can't yeah. you just be Maritza? Oh, I, I always wondered that. Why can't I just be the quant? Like, Why? <laughs> Like you just work a regular nine to five yeah. off the radar and just be little old you. Why why do you desire something more so bad? Yeah. Found out in therapy. It goes back to me getting teased and picked on. Hmm. I could give you what I think. I don't know. I have to ask my therapist, but uh. I mean I was always I think I was always I always felt like I was the provider in the family in the sense uh. that like I wanted to make sure the whole family was it was fine. That's me. And so yeah, I mean I like my brother struggled a lot with school and I just always tried to be like the bigger role model and the better sister. So I was always like, I don't know, I was always that student that did really well in school oh. and excelled and like took, I was involved in everything in school. Like I was oh, in the man. dance team. I was in like our fashion modeling club. I was in like every honor society you could be you in. You to know? be the provider. Yeah. So I was always trying, but I think it, I didn't realize as a child, like how much that that weight on me, I think. Right. And then you realize later, you're like, why do I always feel like I had to do all of these things? That's and why. it wasn't that I didn't have two two parents that were, you know, right. there for me. Like my parents were there; they were married. But I don't, I don't know. I just always felt like this inner, I need to, wow, I need to be that role model for everyone else. So I felt the same way, and yeah. especially me being the oldest brother. Yeah. So it's like. I'm telling you, like he said, he took me back to me getting picked on as a kid and mm-hmm. seeking that validation. Yeah. That's where it started. Because mm-hmm. now it's like you don't see me. So now I want you to see me, see me, see me. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever it takes for you to see me. Yeah. And then over time, what comes with that is with that level of popularity, now you're the one taking care of everybody. And I thought I was supposed to be in that. I thought I was yeah. because I saw my mom struggle. Mm-hmm. Again, they, were, they stuck together as a village. Yeah. But I saw... As I got older, her struggle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Another no. thing, too, like I always felt like I was not in the family life, but in school and everything, I always felt like I was second best. Like I could never be, like sometimes there were times when I tried out for things and I wouldn't get it the first time and then I'd get it the second time. They're like, oh, we should have had, like you, uh. you should have got picked the first time. And I always felt like I was never 
for some odd reason. I don't know. I just, because they couldn't see my personality at first. And then when they met me, they're like, oh, wow, like we should have picked you the first time. And I'm like, well, you didn't. (laughs) So there was that too. And I feel like that also weighed on me, I think, into adult life. So I've always tried to be, you know, overcompensate for that a little bit. But yeah, so we're here today. Wow. Because <laughs> of all these reasons. But well, it, I think sense. therapy is really good for bringing all those reasons out and figuring oh, out more about your childhood. Man, listen, I cried the first. Th- I, I'm talking track. Yeah, I'm a, I told her, I hit her up. Yeah, I'm going to go to therapy. She was like, oh, you're going. She got excited. Okay, oh, yeah. good. That's good. And I go to therapy the first day. <laughs> oh, my God. I was soaking wet. Had to change my shirt. Oh, my gosh. Crying like a baby. I didn't even know I was carrying these things. I didn't yeah. know. How, like you say, how much these things weighed on me. I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know me trying to be the millionaire of the family, <laughs> and the older I'm the first one in the family to do this, do that. I didn't know all these things were. I weight. was the first one to go to a four-year university in my family. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you understand, like, yeah. I was trying to accomplish because I didn't see anybody do none of this before me, nothing yeah. like that. So I'm like, oh my god, do you know that I just found out that my mom actually went to college? Oh wow! And what? I was ticked off <laughs> because I felt like has she told us that yeah and that would have been the standard mm. she said I, I wasn't even thinking about that she was like i was just <laughs> raising my kids you know what i mean she was like yeah telling you like I, I don't know i guess women just get lost and she just was lost in taking care of her kids she yeah. wasn't even she was working take care of kids that's all she was thinking she mm-hmm. didn't even think to say oh i went to college yeah she went to a two-year college and graduated and she didn't tell you guys wow we never knew that so i'm up here thinking that nobody in my family does this mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so, also yeah having a standard up front you understand yeah. what i'm saying yeah. that would have been the standard yeah i know a man right now i won't say his name <laughs> i was recruiting his son uh if they, they listen to this all of them probably figured out <laughs> And he was one of the athletes that I signed at the yeah. time when I was working for that sports agency. Uh-huh. And one day, he showed me a room in his house, and then he had, like, all this college stuff. That's why I'm not going to say the college thing. They'll figure it out. <laughs> all this stuff in the wall, and his wife's college, and all these, like, different accolades, these different things. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is phenomenal. Taking his son to the game. They're on the field, taking field pictures, sweet pictures, all kind of things. Like yeah. And one day we left, and him and I were just kind of riding in the car, mm-hmm. and his son wasn't with us, and we were just talking, and I was talking, he was asking me questions about my life, and I was telling him things I've been through, and you know, yeah. yada, yada, and how I look up to people, once again, look up to guys like him, who got all this success, and you know, went to college, and he was mm-hmm. like, Quan, I didn't go to college. <laughs> Wait a minute. I said, hold on, sir. I went in your wall of fame. I went yeah. in the room, and I saw the college you went to, I saw the college wife, he said, she got a master's degree. I didn't go to college. And I said, well, how do you got all this success? Mm-hmm. He told me his story. It's similar to that. similar to mine. We just yeah. met some people, got connected, and then just ended up with owning a freaking dealership and all kinds of stuff. Like, it's mm-hmm. so successful. And, and living in a freaking four-level house. Unbelievable. So I'm like, so you didn't go to college? Like, why, why do you got this stuff up? He said, my kids don't know I didn't go to college, and they won't know. Uh. He said, I'm setting a standard. That's nice. And to this day, both of them are in D1, Division One College, University, both of them, both kids. Nice. They're just now finding out yeah. that dad didn't go to college. Wow. They're about to graduate. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late now, <laughs> too yeah. Late. yeah. Oh, wow. That's powerful. Yeah. Um, so I guess on parting notes, um, anything you want to tell the listeners, viewers, any wise words from Jaquan? <laughs> yeah. I would say, you know, if, you, if you're ever down depressed or stressed out or any of these things, you know, don't be ashamed to tell somebody that you're not okay. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we're not. And a lot of people are scared. Again, the negative stigma towards it. Yeah. That was me. I was, ah, that's for crazy people. You crazy. I'm not going to no freaking therapy. Not realizing that it's just a person in there that you're talking to and telling your business. And then you're crying and they like yeah. talking to you and consoling you like a mother and a father would. This is literally all therapy is. Then they yeah. give you the tools to take, to walk away with. And it's just like, oh, so when I'm feeling anxiety, breathe, <laughs> breathe. Do. And then I do something I like. Let's say I might like ice cream. I might like to go fishing. Yeah. I might like to go play basketball. I'll go work out, lift weights, whatever. I will say as a little side note, the first time I went to therapy, I also didn't realize I had as much emotion and I... 
I think it was within five seconds that I just started crying. Yeah. And I was like, where the hell does this come from? Right. I like, and it was a random person, you know, it's oh, in front of you. And you're like, yeah. I've never met you before. And I don't know why. Right. And I was thinking, why am I crying? Yeah. I kept saying, what am I? I asked him. I said, why am I crying? <laughs> he said, it's okay. He was like, it's okay to cry. I was like, no, it's, it's not cool. I'm, I'm too cool for this. I'm just crying. And he's just dying laughing. And he just consoled me through the whole thing. But I, you just don't realize. Mm-hmm. So my point to anybody listening, like, just... If you're if you're ever feeling like that, you know we we all go through so much daily. Like everybody, I don't care how high you are in success and how low you are. Everybody on this thing called life, on this journey, we all are gonna face those stumbling blocks, those pivotal mm-hmm. moments in your life. You're gonna always run into a wall somewhere along life, but you have to hold your head up and go on through it. And on the other end of that darkness. Is light, you know what I mean, and and it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to voice that and not be ashamed to get help that you need. Help don't mean medicine all the time. You, everybody don't need medication. Sometimes you just need an outlet to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. That's that's literally all it is. And uh, and always remember that that you are enough. You you are enough. That was the point of me writing a song is to say. You don't have to desire to be some, I mean, uh, 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 nothing's wrong with desiring to have more and have success. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's totally normal. Um, however, if you don't get these things or if it seems like your process or journey is a little slow, it's okay. Just continue moving forward always. Stay focused on the path. Keep your eyes on the prize. And just remember that you're enough. Bottom line. And even use being alive is simply enough. And I'll just end on that note. Well, thank you, Jaquan. We appreciate you being here. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. And um, yes, great, great note for all the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Love you all. Everybody stay strong, man. Stay positive. Yes. Thanks for joining in. Remember to subscribe. Stay connected and follow me on Instagram at marimariburr. And follow this podcast online at thethingsthatmatter.me. The Things That Matter podcast is produced in cooperation with Balto Creative Media and the Queen City Podcast Network. It is recorded at the Queen City Podcast Network studios in Uptown Charlotte. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.